Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Elite Beat, your source for AEW conversation. <laughs> my name is Andy, and sitting 115 miles to my southwest, it is the pride of the the suburbs, Megan. <laughs> Hello, I came here for reviews and news and previews, so I don't know about this conversation you're trying to have. Mm. I might duck out. Well, don't do that. It's okay. <laughs> there was a summer when I was, um, I think it was like senior year of high school on the weekends. We would sit out on my parents' back patio for Kool-Aid and conversation was what we, <laughs> was what me and my friends did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is so like innocent and just, Adorable. Look at you, little 16-year-old boys having Kool-Aid in conversation. Um, 18, thank you. Okay. No. <laughs> Still. Um, yes, yeah, so we're here. We're going to talk about AEW. We don't have a lot of news or stuff. We've only got the two shows. I abandoned that dark and dark elevation life. Tried it one um, time. Didn't stick. Yeah, although, it's, you know, it's funny. I... Um, well, you know, we'll get into it in a second here. First of all, we got to do do the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. I have got, um, I think this is what I had last week. I had an Aranja Boom, and uh, once again, this is the last Aranja Boom of the six-pack. Oh, no. Um, yes. Yes. It always it's seems a little difficult it is, to it's get a that stiff, kid open. It's a stiff tab on the old Aranja Boom. <laughs> Really fighting you. What do you have this week, Megan? I have a Boda Box Cabernet Ooh. Sauvignon. Yeah, I already slap poured it. It's not gonna make it. Okay, slapping. Boom, slap the box. Nice. Slap it a bag. Um, yeah, it's it's. I went back to my roots because you made me worried when you said you were worried I was going to give up the wine as if, <laughs> but I am having it tonight. So, here we go. We restocked for this. Are you making a joke, or do you internalize things I say like that? Oh, I internalize everything. <laughs> <laughs> it is just one of the many neuroses I suffer with. <laughs> it all gets filed away for whenever it's going to make me feel the worst. <laughs> do you um do you create scenarios in your head of like of like spinning things forward like? Like, you know, after I said that last week, I, you know, the podcast was over. I went up to bed and I said to Jenny, like, yeah, I think Megan's not so much into wine anymore. And then, like, you know, like, do, do you imagine scenarios like that sometimes? Maybe yes. not that exact scenario. But. I mean, I don't understand how I have not yet gotten my CBS show of, like, an on-the-spectrum detective that, you know, somehow figures it all out. But also their lifestyle's like, just a little odd. Um mm -hmm. Because, yeah, I do that. And I need the special effects of, like, the Batman investigation mode zoom forward. Like, oh, God, I'm running through the scenarios. My mind's a computer. Not a great computer, but, you know, it does what it can to give me anxiety. So, yeah. I'm just over here in Ohio living my life. Listeners, this is this is what I do. I apologize um, to the listeners if the microphone is picking up the... Insane wind that is happening outside of my house. Was there insane wind in uh, in Hamilton County today? Oh, yeah. It's currently going on, too, outside okay. of my house. So uh, I heard uh, when I was working earlier and I had headphones on, 
I had random like crashes and I got a little worried, but I also didn't see anything flying around in our backyard. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but it's making noise. It sure is. Um, okay, well, let's just do it. Let's let's talk about it, right? Let's talk about wrestling. We got Rampage, and we got Dynamite. Mm. And then if any news items kind of pop up along the way, so be it. <laughs> you would be the one bringing them up, so I hope you're aware of them. Because I don't have any secret news items on my side. I don't keep up with wrestling Twitter. We start with AEW Rampage for February 3rd, 2023. We're still at the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur are your team calling. And we begin with The Elite versus All Ego Ethan Page, Isaiah Cassidy, and Matt Hardy. Don Callis on commentary, accompanying The Elite, of course. Um, the Elite were over really big as baby faces. Um, I noticed watching the match, Matt Hardy seems like he's hurting. Like, he has really noticeably slowed down over the past year, I think. And I don't think that happens that quickly with age. I feel like he is actually hurt. Well, I mean, I would believe it. I don't know, you know, kind of his state of things. But Jeff and his drug problems stemmed from hurting all the time right much mm -hmm. like many wrestlers <clears throat> of that era and i think i think matt's former problems did as well oh okay so yeah then i would fully believe he's hurting although i i do wonder what's going on because it seemed like his schedule with aew is much less like impactful to his body yeah. although i don't know what he's doing you know not on dynamite or rampage I don't either, but he's also, he's just, you know, he's older and has worked a very, like, especially in his youth, worked a very high risk, high impact style. So, yeah. You know. And I get the impression he continues to want to do that, whether he can or not. I mean, his match with Sammy, where he busted his head open on the, like, concrete, that was, he Isn't was trying wild? to do stuff that's beyond what I think he should be doing. <laughs> Isn't it wild that, like, in about a month, He'll have been in this company for three years. Yeah. I really can't almost believe that. I, although I guess 2020 was three years ago and that's when he showed up. But yeah, it it's weird to think of. Um, I hope he's okay. Like, I wish him no ill will. I just don't love seeing him and his brother back when they were, you know, trying to redo that team. Stumbling yeah. around, being old, it, it's it's rough. Maybe he's finally reached a point where he needs to just kind of be like a manager or whatever. Um, do you think any of it at all, though, is part of the gimmick where he's trapped by the firm and they hate him? And so I mean, he's maybe. extra bad? <laughs> like, I mean, maybe, you know? but he just, he just looks like he's in pain to me. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't really like hyped for this match going in just because the challengers didn't really have any credibility, but, uh, I thought this turned out to be pretty great. You know, um, uh, triple BT trigger finishes Isaiah Cassidy. And, uh, I, you know, like I know Matt Hardy is a bigger star, but I just don't, I just don't know that I would have of this trio. I don't think Isaiah Cassidy would be my pin eater at this point in time. No, especially when you can just be mad at like, continue your, your whole thing of being mad at Matt Hardy for, you know, being bad or whatever. Yeah. 
Um, we had Lexi backstage with Ricky Starks. I think Lexi is getting noticeably better. She's sure trying, but I think she had a funny pronunciation during either this or something on Dynamite where I was like, oh, Lexi. <laughs> oh, girl. <laughs> um, and Ricky's just kind of talking up the uh, the gauntlet match for Wednesday. Um, it was a very, very wacky promo package with Jay Lethal's crew and a lot of social media stills of the publicity that Paul Walter Hauser has been getting for talking about having his golden globe stolen on different talk shows and things. Um, and then we got to finish up with best friends and Dan Housen. So I don't know in some form, this feud continues. It's hilarious to me that they said that uh, golden globes have required the award to be uh, blurred out on television as if they could control that in any way. <laughs> like they showed a <laughs> clip where it was blurred out when, with Sanjay like holding it. And I'm like, that shit's not blurred out anywhere. You liars. But you know, I like it. It's funny. We had Brian Pillman Jr. versus Swerve with, of course, Parker and a trench. Um, Excalibur on commentary was putting over the uh, the Brian Pillman, Brock Anderson team. And I just thought, ah, oh, there's the next Nepo baby for Swerve to cream. Brock yep. Anderson. Um, I got to be honest with you, Megan. <laughs> I, uh. As someone who loves Hollywood and loves the movies as much as I do, this Nepo Baby controversy, I could not fucking care less about it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm with you. Isn't Hollywood always, like, if not Nepo, just privileged as far as, like, it's who you know to the max? Like, I don't consider Hollywood to be a, a place where you get a fair shake in any way. No. No. Nothing else in life is a meritocracy. Why should entertainment be? Yeah, it's just extremely not in the way it's not. And that's fine, I guess. Like, I don't... Celebrities are weird. They're like a weird strata of people. And I don't consider there to be some sort of a dotted line way to get there, you know? Like, it's not a career path. But Nepo Babies. I was wondering, you would know... Has there ever been, like, a stable of, like, essentially who Swerve's going after the, like, legacy rest not legacy, but, like, the second, third, fourth, whatever gen wrestlers where they get all together and, and do things, or... That... Like, where the where the second gen people get together, or where, where people hunt yeah. second gen Yeah, you know, no, like there a was... faction. Yeah, they there, uh, it was called Legacy. Um, it was Randy Orton's stable. Oh, um, no. And it was uh, he he that was the first push of both uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. and Cody Rhodes. Okay, so it has been done. Okay, because I was thinking in AEW, I'm like, what what if they just got all the legacies together or the Nepo babies together? And then I thought maybe that team wouldn't be so good. <laughs> but I don't. Not with who we have to work with. I mean, we could probably get together a like given. How Lucha Libre works. Talk about Nepo baby culture. We could, we've probably got a, like a great crew of uh, second and third generation luchadors already on the roster. So, yeah, okay, get those people together. Because I was thinking, like, you got your Brock Andersons, you got your Dustins. Yeah, Pillman. Pillman. Do we have any Nepo baby stars in AEW? It feels like no. Huh. 
that's why I thought I was like, what? They could totally put a team together. And then I realized as I thought through who that team would consist of, it's like, well, that would probably be a great team for dark or elevation. Oh, I mean, you got your you got your brand spanking new uh, spoiler alert tag team champions. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'm looking at the roster. Um, nobody's jumping to mind. <laughs> yep, even the tag team Nepo babies. Uh, aren't they kind of just getting some secondhand like popularity here? I, you know, does Jungle Boy count? Ooh. Not in wrestling, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so either. Huh. Well, MJF is um, Cole Cabana's son, right? So. Oh, yeah, I guess technically speaking. Okay, so <laughs> MJF could be the leader of a really um, mediocre Nepo team. Oh, Hook. Hook's a, Hook's a Nepo baby star. Okay, okay. That's a good pool. Hook, okay. I think he's... Destined for either tag team with Jungle Boy or uh, single stardom, though. He's not going to get together with some dorks like Brock Anderson and Dustin. Jeff Jarrett is kind of like the ultimate Nepo baby, but nobody really thinks of him like that anymore because he's he, now he's old. So, Oh, his dad did? His wrestling? dad was the, was the owner and promoter of the Memphis Territory. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, still going. I'm in the L's. <laughs> I mean, Cody was probably the ultimate Nepo baby in AEW. Yes. Yeah. So with him sure. gone, Hook takes that mantle, but. Oh, negative one. Like, talk about a literal Nepo baby. Okay, that's true. But he's on his way up. I mean, he did just get, uh, I guess not fired, but he was abandoned by his his favorite whipping boy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Ten. That kid is going to grow up to be in the industry, though. He's he's too he's too addicted to it already. Okay, it looks like Penta and Phoenix. I mean, they're brothers, but they're they're they are like they're the first generation of luchadors in their family. <sighs> okay. Okay. How about Roosh? I think Roosh is related to people. Yeah, his father, <laughs> his father, La, La Bestia del Ring. The Beast of the Ring. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, he, so, and his sons are Roosh, Drillistico, and Dragon Lee. Oh, Dragon Lee hasn't, he's not in AEW, in AEW, but hasn't he shown up? Or am I thinking of WWE? Dragon Lee showed up for like, I think, one thing, and then he signed with WWE. Okay. Of course he did. Okay, let's see. I'm almost done here. Running down the roster. I'm trying to pull things out of my head. Like, so bad. So bad thinking of this roster. Okay, I got to the end. There were no more. There were no more gentlemen. I wonder if if there are any any Nepo baby ladies. I don't think so. Soraya. Oh, yeah. Good call. Although I don't find her particularly like up to par with the other people oddly enough well, I, mean, I feel really bad about that if you think about it she's a much bigger star than her mother ever was yeah yeah but like you said when you put her in with all the 
these other women who are like actually, you know, doing the work, it's very mm-hmm. clear that like she was more of a character. Just uh, I'm still struggling with. It still makes me sad. I see what you're, I mean, I understand that you're sad, but it's okay. It, she's fine. She'll be okay. Oh, not sad for her. More sad for my nostalgia. Oh, she's yeah, fine. Yeah. She's got contracts and, and money and, you know, deals out the wazoo, I'm sure. I think she has her own clothing thing going on, if I remember. Yeah, she's she's fine. <laughs> she's fine. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, so Swerve obviously beats Brian Pillman. Parker... Hits a big clothesline on Pillman after the match. And I was waiting for Trench to do a move, but he did not do a move. I'm concerned that he might not be capable of doing a move yet. I think the closest he got was he tried to just, he like got up on the apron as if he was going to do a move. And then his distraction led to Parker like, like swiping feet out from under poor Pillman. So, yeah. Trench. And then Dustin Rhodes made the save with um, that thing um, that you it's... used to loosen and tighten the turnbuckles. Yeah, yeah. I think they just called it a turnbuckle. They, I feel like they were just like, he has a turnbuckle, which... Which it was not. No. Nope. I, mean, <laughs> I understand why they would say that. Um, next up, House of Black video. I... I feel like I like passed out right away. I just wrote three words in succession. Lore, lore, lore. I assume that you got more out of this than I did. I love lore, lore, lore. Um, I was just happy that, I don't know, the House of Black is around. I like them a lot. I feel like he's, he's, if I really dialed in and tried to pay attention, I would at least, I feel like there is some kind of narrative happening here. But I just, it just angers me and I don't pay attention. Well, anger is a pretty strong reaction. So you're, you're mad. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't say mad. It annoys me. And I, and I just like, I can't tune in. I love them in the ring. I love him in the ring, but his out of the ring, he's way up his own ass with the promo stuff. That shit. Like, Oh, that hits me right. in the like, (laughs) I love it. I will lap that that up. Like, ugh, I love the drama. I love the goth drama. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everything about that is totally geared towards me. I understand it's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, I did appreciate that his promo was like, well, I guess it, I'm still unclear on where Eddie Kingston is, is, is all I'll say. I mean, I. it seems like he's like, Maybe we'll bring Eddie Kingston in. Maybe we won't. But Eddie Kingston's over here, and when he does promos, it's like, ah, I don't know what's happening. Um, so it didn't like clarify anything. I did love the goth drama, though. <sighs> oh, I'm sure. Um, next up, we had Tony Storm and Soraya versus the Renegade Twins. Hell yeah, <laughs> I love the Renegade Twins. Um, I love How it. How can when... you tell them apart? It's difficult. Um, I, I I can't at this point. I have to admit. Um, According I think, to the I think Tony team, is, yeah was had some kind of system. One has curly hair. One has not as curly because I don't think either of them have straight hair. <laughs> Less curly hair. I'll take their words for it. Um, sure. The Renegades they did uh, rock paper scissors to start the to start to start the match. I always love that when tag teams do that. Um, Robin Renegade. Just laid it the fuck in on Tony Storm. And you know what? Good for her. 
because use you know your time. Do it, you know she's going to do it to you. So, so, so make her earn it. Um, like everybody in this match was laying it in. Um, I thought this match ruled. I thought it was really fun. Like way more of a fun, uh, more way more fun of a squash match than I than I had anticipated. Because like I said, the the Renegades actually gave it back. Um, but after the match, uh, the bad ladies had spray paint. And they sprayed green L's on the bellies of the Renegade twins, thus humiliating them. Yeah, here's my gripe with this. Mm-hmm. The way they did the L's, it was too wide. It was across the whole box. It it looked like um, it didn't look like an L. It just kind of looked like almost a triangle. Like a, it's like the three of the two of the three legs of a triangle, sides of a triangle. I thought it they, looked like um. Like the long division sign. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's a better way to describe it. Yeah. It's it. I thought they should have dialed it in instead of taking up the whole torso. Maybe like. Yeah. They should have practiced on like, I don't know, some, uh, some like construction paper first or something like that, you know, cause once, once you're doing it on the person, you only got one shot. Yeah. You can't really like correct it. Um, so yeah. I got what they were going for, but uh, the the actual visual of it was like, I don't know if we quite did it, ladies. Um, we had an Adam Kroll, uh, Adam Cole promo package. Um, it was pretty much just more of the same, but I am I'm very I'm very jazzed to see him back on uh, on March fifth. Me too, and I hope he is using this time to like really heal and and be like as ready as possible because I don't want him to get hurt again. I mean, you know, I think he's going to be as as far, you know, as far as like his body, maybe not his his head with the concussions, but as far as his body, it's he's got to be as like healed up as he's been in a really long time because he's never I don't think he's ever had this long a break from the ring. Yeah. And did he or did he not do surgeries while he was out? I don't think he did. Okay. Um but I think he just was able to rest his shoulder and and do rehab and and uh, you know, and it's in a much better place. Okay. Um, I re—I I know we talked about this last week, but I really, really don't like the new format for the main event interviews where they just cut to the promo packages. Me neither. I hate it. Cut back to, like, I really miss like the, the, the live interaction with Mark Henry and like, and it's like, like one person actually responding to what the other person said in their, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know why they would go away from that. I don't either. And it's like, I didn't notice it as much until we talked about it. And then this week I was like watching to make sure I'm like, okay, it's probably fine. And then I was mad because Mark Henry's just standing out there talking to no one. And I, how are he and orange Cassidy going to have that interaction where orange tries to say his line? If Mark doesn't have a line. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm upset. So yes, bring it back. Uh, and then we have the main event, Christopher Daniels versus Roosh. Um, Roosh's bull mask on this night was red, which means that he should be El Toro Rojo, right? Not El Toro mm-hmm. Blanco. Yeah. You know, okay. he's, he's just rolling with it. I mean, on Dynamite, I believe he's it's gold, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, you know, nice match. I, you know, result was never in doubt, obviously, but um, I, it, it seems to me that Christopher Daniels, almost three years after the 
after the the, the screw up uh, Asai moonsault, still has something in the tank. Yes, yes, he did great. I yeah. I was kind of like, uh oh, is this going to be an old guy match? Um, but no, he held his own. He did great. I miss. He's, I'm I'm sad Frankie's gone because I do miss their their tag team. But I guess on some level, I knew it was actually over. Like, it wasn't a promise that was going to be broken. Now, Megan, um, WrestleMania weekend. One of the many things that uh, that uh, Game Changer is doing is uh, they are hosting. I think the second annual Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. They they kind of created this thing last year. And this year, uh, the headlining inductee is, in fact, the fallen angel Christopher Daniels to be inducted by Frankie Kazarian. Oh, yay. That's so yeah. touching. Okay. Isn't that nice? That's very nice. I'm happy for him. Yeah. That'd be fun. I'm excited. Ex- I- I'm really excited to watch some of those uh, WrestleMania weekend shows. I think I'm going to I think I'm just going to hunker down and watch a bunch of wrestling that uh, that weekend. Just big like a blanket fort and Yeah. Ugh, that sounds so cozy. Yeah, that seems yeah. that seems like a good plan. Yeah. Okay, I think that uh, brings us to Dynamite. Oh man. Okay. We got there fast. We're at Dynamite now. Um in El Paso, Texas. Which I feel like some people took advantage of for good and others for evil as far as like <laughs> interacting with the crowd. <laughs> um, the opening match, which I guess you can kind of judge which way this one went, uh, is the AEW World Championship Eliminator match with Takeshita challenging MJF. And this comes as a result of Takeshita saving Brian Danielson from a potential MJF beatdown last week with the diamond, dynamite diamond ring. Um, this was a wild one, man. Takeshita put up a hell of a fight, and unfortunately, he was not able to get the win. He was forced to tap out at, uh, to the salt of the earth, but it did take two times of MJF doing it to get him to tap. Um, and MJF had been working on his arm the whole match as well. So I was sad to see my boy Takesh to lose. I thought there was a chance that maybe since this is an eliminator match and not like actually for the belt, he might win, but he did not. It was rough. <laughs> I, I, I love that, you know, we, we almost never see MJF wrestle, so it's like a special occasion when he does. And his matches are always awesome. So it's almost like it's almost like doubly trolling that like that like A, he doesn't have to work that often, but B that when he does, it's so good. It's like but he won't let you see too much of it because, you know. <laughs> it's like everything he says about himself, you have to begrudgingly think like, Yep, you are really good at it. There was that spot where he like it's uh, Takesh, I can't remember now. Takesh was doing something from the top rope or trying to do something from the top rope. And he came off with MJF and MJF like flipped off, like did kind of like a, um, Oh my God, what do you call it? It's like a, uh, it's like, it was like a gymnastics kind of like dismount. It was like a side mm-hmm. flip thing and landed just like stuck the landing on his feet. It looked, it was, it looked so good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, he's, I, I don't think he's going to have any trouble going an hour with Danielson. I know. I'm so bitter. <laughs> I'm so bitter. I mean, ugh. It was a great match. Like, 
It was, yeah. Uh, um, and since you highlighted MJF, one thing Takeshi did that I thought was very cool to show how strong a boy he is. MJF got him up for a pile driver, and Takeshi just sort of like, I mean, in theory, obviously they were working together, but he uh, leaned so that MJF had to lean backwards. He landed on his feet, got MJF up for like a pile driver, did it, and then just muscled that boy up for a suplex as an, like, you know, just to end the sequence. And I was like, good Lord, Takeshita, you're very strong. Uh, yeah. Andy, I believe you're muted, sir. On the Skypes. Yeah, Andy is agreeing with me. I'm going to go ahead and claim he's agreeing with me. I don't know okay, what he's actually. Yeah. No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Am I am I back? You're back. You're okay. back. Weird. My, uh, I was muting via the Yeti itself, and it, like, and it did not, it didn't handshake with uh, the Skype application the last time I unmuted. <laughs> oh, the computer no. is um, becoming sentient, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, he's very strong. It's very impressive. Yeah, big boy. Um, I thought there was like at least a little tiny sliver of a chance that he'd win. Didn't you? Eliminator he, matches open it up so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand why they didn't do it because you want to keep MJF, you know, strong for the title match. But you know, like if they had done it, then then you'd already have the next challenger after Danielson lined up. So. Yeah, and there is a storyline reason I could believe that if Takeshita won, they could show like him talking to Danielson and Danielson being like, hey, I really want to be the one to go after MJF um, if I win. I, does the Eliminator transfer if you win? Like, is that... Could he make it... Could he basically be like, Takeshita, if you let me have my shot at MJF, I will either lose and you will get a shot at him next, or I will win and you will get a shot at me. But like... <sighs> Out of respect, can we agree that you don't go for MJF before I do? I mean, you, I mean, you could just say he could just say that, like, I'll give you a title shot. I don't know. We haven't. We, I don't think we've had like a case study on <laughs> what happens if if someone wins an eliminator match, but before they get their title shot, another person wins that title. <laughs> do I need to do my thesis on it? I guess is what I'm asking. Um, it can go like right next to the annals of academia with Takeshita's German suplex thesis. Oh, that is so adorable that he did that. <laughs> Do you think there's a way that we could, like, I don't know, like, papers like that are often, at least in America, are often just available to, like, you know, read, yeah, right? I think, actually, they're, like, public, right? I mean, because yeah. I, I, don't people reference... Technically, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and like, don't other... <laughs> I feel like people say like, oh, I read your thesis or I read your paper or whatever, like sign, you know, mm -hmm. academia is a thing. Ooh, we got to find that paper. Yeah. It's probably in Japanese. It's going to be tough. I would, I would reckon so. Ugh. Okay. Well, I'm sad to catch the lost. Um, but then even, you know, sadder is after the match, MJF. Demands his dynamite diamond ring from Paul Turner, which is, I guess, he was holding it back so that MJF couldn't cheat. So then he, like, immediately gives it to him. And, wow, what a surprise. MJF pushes Paul Turner out of the way and then starts punching Takeshita with the ring. Cuts him open. He's bleeding. And then he just continues to sort of ground and pound him until Brian Danielson runs out and makes the save. Chases uh, 
MJF out of there. But it's like, hey, Paul Turner, maybe you store that thing back in the back and make MJF go back to the back to get it instead of just being like, oh, yeah, now that the legal match is over here, you can have this weapon. I don't know. Seemed like a rough choice. Because he was just intimidated. Ugh, he's supposed to be the the ref that like is cracking down rules or whatever, right? Well, maybe, yeah. Well, that that was, you know, a very long term storyline that they're definitely they definitely remember that they did. Um, <laughs> uh, no, although, so like MJF gave him the ring when he came down, so maybe he and he just thought like, oh, okay, he's just requesting his property back. Yeah, I guess that's true, but it yeah. just it seems so silly that it's like. You know everyone's still in the ring, right? Like, he can still hurt people. But here, yeah. have your ring. Takeshita, like, uh, he got a lot of color. Yeah. yeah. Seems like maybe the hard way. Oh, no. No, he just... I don't think so. I didn't see it. I don't know. Well, I don't know. There's how do you... Probably, like, how there's do probably you some subtly... edges on that ring, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, in the middle of the ring, how do you subtly, like, blade it? Uh, referee probably handed him a blade. Ugh, I hate it. I hate it. Paul Turner Ugh. had something for everybody out of his pockets at the end of the night, at the end of the match. <laughs> Damn it, Paul Turner. Ugh. Well, we'll get back to that whole situation later. Um, for now, we get a quick, uh, like a video from Samoa Joe. He's he's here. He's like, hey. I'm back to being your multi-belted champion. I got TNT. I got ROH over here. Um, He does compliment Darby for being a worthy adversary, even though he beat him. He says Wardlow is a different story, though. Um, According to Joe, Wardlow is a man with many secrets. I guess I don't know how, you know, I don't know where he's coming from with that, but he is. And then he says, you know, I know you're coming from my championship, but you're not going to get it. And you know, that's basically his messaging, like, Wardlow ain't going to get that TNT uh, championship back. So he doesn't even deserve it. Well, no, but of course, like, Joe's TV king, he wouldn't think that Wardlow deserves anything. It was nice to see Joe back as the with both of his belts. Yeah, it balances <laughs> him out. <laughs> One on each shoulder. <laughs> Love is confidence. <laughs> The next uh, the next match we have is also an eliminator match, and this time it's for the AW Women's World Championship. Um, the Bunny is challenging our current champ, Jamie Hayter. Jamie gets the win with a ripcord lariat, although it seems like there may have been a quicker than intended finish because the Bunny landed kind of weird on her head right before. Yeah, that suplex like it seemed like. Maybe the bunny didn't know exactly where she was supposed to go for the bump or Jamie maybe grabbed. I don't know exactly what happened. I am not a wrestler. Those people know what they're doing much more than I do. But just as an outside observer, something got mistimed there and uh, and the bunny took a a rough landing. Yeah. Have you heard anything about her status or I haven't heard that she's hurt, but I think I do think it's very probable that they went to the finish quick early just just in case something was wrong. Yeah, which I mean, good. It didn't look weird that they finished. It just seemed like it ended sort of abruptly. Um, Yeah. But I I also don't think that there was a world where the buddy was going to win. So I'm assuming nothing really too drastically had to change there. 
Hopefully she's okay, though. Uh, after that, we go backstage where Renee is talking to Tony Storm and Soraya. Um, she asks them about Jamie Hayter, whose match they just got to see. And Soraya sort of, like, dismissively goes, like, yeah, you won, girl. Good for you. Whatever. And they don't really want to dwell on that, obviously. So instead, they, uh, they signal to Leva Bates, who is off screen. And she comes over. Leva Bates, just wandering around in her librarian gear, as if that's been a thing recently. Um, and they're like, your name starts with L, right? And she's like, yeah, so happy. And then they just, they they knock her down and they spray paint an L on her awkwardly, like just with the others where it's like, it's a little too, <sighs> the lines are the same length. It doesn't look like an L. It just looks like a half of a square. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so they paint an L on her. And then after that, Soraya delivered us the classic reality show contestant line. We're not here to make friends. We're here to win. Uh, so that's where they are. I mean, they're just letting the locker room know, like, don't try to be nice to them. They're mean. Uh, after that, oof, what a segment we get. So Lexi Nair, she's hanging out outside MJF's locker room, trying to get a word with him. There's a security guy right there, like, kind of keeping her back. And then MJF shouts from the in, in the door, hey, come on in. And so she comes in. He's just wet with sweat. He looks obviously like he's just had a really big match she has and he says Lexi I want to talk to you he says everyone treats me like a scumbag the, the crowd everyone and he sort of ruminates on like well maybe I was made a scumbag because of how the tra- or the crowd treats me sort of a chicken and the egg situation um, and then oh my goodness MJF goes on to tell <sighs> tell a story he wants to illustrate the diversity he's faced in his life and so he talks about how when he was a he was a kid, he used to drive his car and he got two tickets. Like he was, you know, at the point where a, a third one and he was going to lose his license. But that's okay because he was at his prom and he saw the prettiest girl in the room. And um, I'm paraphrasing because I didn't want to write all this down because honestly it was <laughs> got got dark. Um, there's a blowjob hand motion at one point in this because obviously if MJF and a girl are in a car, what do you think he's going to say? Uh, but the long and the short of it is MJF crashes his car, he says, into a pole. And the girl he's with, she uh, she is all knocked unconscious, goes through the windshield a bit, but she's there. And so you're like, oh, wow, he's talking about his diversity that he's faced. Turns out the diversity he faced, he took care of by switching the girl out with him so that he was not the driver. Are you are you trying to say adversity? Adversity, not diversity. <laughs> okay. God, I knew it was like, I'm like, that's not right. That doesn't sound <laughs> right. Adversity. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, this is obviously a fake story because, my God, he would have been arrested. Um, but yeah. So he like he he does the heel turn at the end there, and he's like, "Look, I can uh, I can do whatever I need to do to win. I don't have any qualms about that. I'm a scumbag and proud. So watch out, Danielson, because basically, like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like, I'm going to do what I have to do to win, which is very MJF. And it was a whole journey to get there. Um, it was it was it was gross, but I liked it. Yeah, it was. Um... I have to admit, my friend Dave and I, we were our, our friend Dave and I, we were we were watching this together, and the whole time we knew like, okay, the other shoe is about to drop, the other shoe is about to drop, the other shoe is about to drop, and it did. 
and we did not expect it to drop in that way, and we both cackled. <laughs> yep, that seemed right. <laughs> I feel like Dave must have got like particular joy out of this story that MJF tells. Yeah, and apparently, um, apparently, this is like pretty much a true story. Are you serious? Like at he... least, at least, at least the car crash part. I don't know about the the, the switching part. The body like switch. The... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, are you serious? He just like confessed to to crime. Wow. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> I I was I was like blown away, but I was just like, what the hell is happening? It was intense. Um, MJF is so good at what he does. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So yeah, that's um that's where he's at emotionally. Um from there, from that really intense sort of roller coaster ride, we go to um the Jericho Appreciation Society and Ricky Starks and uh Ricky Starks going through the Garcia Guevara gauntlet that was laid out last week. Um the first he faces Angela Parker and then Daddy Magic. Honestly, like the the Parker match was like maybe two minutes. The Ma- Daddy Magic part was like maybe two seconds. Not much happened with either of those guys. Um so he gets through them pretty quickly. But... You know, I was when I was um when I was watching Rampage and they were running down the uh the dynamite card, I noticed it was like there are six matches on the show and one of them is a gauntlet with upwards of three opponents like how are they going to jam all this into one show and then you know (laughs) this is how they they took care of it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah the first actual like challenge to starks is daniel garcia who ends up being the third guy um garcia walks out first but then sammy's music hits and sammy comes out garcia looks just as confused as everybody else um but it turns out that like Guevara's just there to kind of tease and then he steps back and Garcia's the one who takes the match um their match is not I mean it's it's more substantial than obviously the first two parts of this gauntlet but it's not super long um Garcia's doing pretty well uh Ricky starts to make a comeback and then they're both on the outside and a fan quote-unquote in a lucha mask and wearing a scissor me daddy ass shirt uh, does um, what they don't call a Judas effect, but what is is in fact a Judas effect uh, to Ricky, and it leads immediately to the pin. And lest you be worried about who this masked man is, we immediately find out it's Chris Jericho who walks into the ring to celebrate with his boys, Danny and Sammy. The crowd went insane, like they had no idea who this was going to be, and I I, I have to imagine that they weren't seeing. They must not have seen what happened on the big screen or something, because otherwise, I mean, it was very, very obvious from minute one who this was, you know? Yeah, he did the Judas effect. It wasn't like some (laughs) drunk person just reached out, like, punched Ricky. It was like he turned around and, like, elbowed him. Um, But, yeah, it was was quite a thing. Um, what, What were your thoughts? Because I was kind of disappointed in this whole series I, I was like well this seemed built up to be something um, more than what it turned out to be yeah i don't know i'm a little i'm just kind of a little i'm a little bit wary of i'm sorry not wary, weary of jericho 
right now. I, I could use I could use a little Jericho break. Maybe him go away for a little while and you know refresh again. It's been it's been a lot of like you know Jericho Appreciation Society has been around for like almost a year now. Like we've you know we've <laughs> it's been a lot of Jericho on our TV with the Ring of Honor World Title run and I don't know I just don't know. <laughs> just ready for a Jericho break. I'm ready for Jericho break. Yeah, I love Jericho. He's one of the, he's one of the best to ever do it. But you know, well sometimes the best. I mean, part of it is like giving people time to breathe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know that I wanted more, but I felt like it was built up to be more. And I was like, oh, so that was okay. Okay. Oh, well, I'm sure it's not over. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see where that goes. But after that, we go backstage where Renee is talking to the acclaimed and to Billy Gunn. And she asked Billy, you know, how do you feel about everything that's gone down the last few weeks with the ass boys and the acclaimed? You seem pretty frustrated. And Billy says that he believes in his boys, the acclaimed. They are the best type team out there. And because of that, he he knows that they can handle their business alone and he will be staying backstage for their match tonight. Um, Anthony Bowens has the just the briefest look of like annoyance with this. But then he sort of recovers and he ends up doing the the scissor with Billy. So I I don't think he's like fully on board, but he seems to be like working through it. I think they were just like kind of wanting you to believe that Billy was going to screw them. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I I fully they got me like <laughs> they did. But uh. I don't know. It's just like, all right, you know, come on, Billy. Um, there is a commercial break because after that we come back and Renee is interviewing once again. This time she's in the medical area talking to Takeshita, who is has his head bandaged up, um, and Danielson is with him. Renee lets us know that tonight is the last opportunity for Danielson to earn his 60-minute Ironman match against MJF at Revolution. And before Renee can ask him any questions about this, the door behind them slams shut and it effectively traps them in this medical area. Uh, And we hear, from their perspective, Roosh's music hit. And then we go, (laughs) we got to the ring where, in fact, Roosh is making his entrance. So, uh uh-oh, we've got a conundrum. (sighs) So Roosh... Roosh comes out. He doesn't look like he knows or cares about any of this stuff happening. Um, And then MJF hobbles out instead of Danielson. He's got his knee taped up because he he did seem like he heard it in his match. Um, Kayfabe. And he hobbles out and he lets Aubrey, the ref, know that she needs to, like, according to the rules, you have to start this match right now. And you have to count Danielson out because he's obviously not here and he's not going to show up. Um, Aubrey looks not happy with this so she does the slowest count i've ever seen she really milks it which is great because you know you know what did did mjf call her a bum i think so <laughs> at some point he accused her of like failing kindergarten he's like what is she she can't count it's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten come on um i thought this was very funny yes like the crowd is like 
come on, Aubrey. And Aubrey's like, I'm do- I'm trying my best to give him time. Um, and she gets pretty far, but then we see a shot backstage where Brian Danielson is like, well, fuck this. And he just busts through the door and uh, he pushes aside Jose, the assistant, um, and, oh, I forget who else was there. One of the, you know. Ken. Ken, yes. Um, he pushes them aside because they were the ones who did the door thing. And he runs out to the ring. And uh, and we have our match because Aubrey did not get to 10. She she starts it up. And, um, man, did these boys have a freaking hard-hitting match. Danielson gets broken open very early on. He's bleeding all over the place. It's super gross. Uh I think his I think his chest was close to it too by the end of the match. Oh yeah, it was it was horrifying. Man fought a war, um, and Roosh Roosh just kind of looked sweaty. <laughs> he didn't he didn't bleed. He didn't look like he was huffing and puffing. Um, but it took two Busaiko knees to take him down, um, and Danielson did it. So good. It was for him. a really great match. Roosh is um, Roosh is thirty four, so he's still like you know he's still he's kind of right in the middle range there of you know the AEW stars. I think I think he's ready. I think I think you I think you could run with him as a like as the number two heel right under right under MJF. He's very good at being heel. Like he's got the confidence. He's an asshole. Um Yeah. Yeah, he, he can wrestle, obviously. Everything he does looks good. He's got like so much presence. Um I think Such he's I dick. think he's I think he's fantastic. I think sh- I think they should push him like a lot harder than they are. Maybe they will. I mean, I hope so. I mean, he he always gets over. Like his matches always get over. He's awesome. I I think yeah. So like you could run with like MJF and him as like number one and two heels on the on that side of the ledger. And then you've got you know you got your Mox and your Danielson. And then you know honestly probably like put slot slot Takeshita in like as that number three babyface. And because you you know they they could use like like a hot young. Like babyface, and I worry about Darby because because <laughs> that's not sustainable, <laughs> and I don't know that Jack Perry is ready for that for that spot yet. No. Plus, I want him to be with Hook. Let him know, tag yeah. with Hook. God. Yeah, I would. I'm down with all those plans. Yeah, Roosh. Um, I know you've always been a Roosh guy. Yep. I I didn't become a Roosh convert until recently, but he's he's pretty fun to watch, and he's such a dick. Um. So yeah, make him a heel star. Uh, I don't think MJF's going to be super happy with him because he didn't do what he was supposed to. Um, and in fact, after the match, MJF, who had uh, stayed at the announce table for the whole match, got up and he comes into the ring and he hits Danielson in the face with his dynamite diamond ring. Uh, he puts him into the salt of the earth because, you know, Danielson's whole arm situation is not good from all of the the contracted hitting MJF has done in the past few, few weeks. Um, security... Yeah. Security runs out. Uh, they the first round gets beat up by MJF. He puts the salt of the earth back on uh, Danielson, and then the second round they like trying to rip him off of Danielson's arm, and it's not going well. Uh, and then we kind of like fade away. <laughs> like that's how that segment ends. Like he is not letting go. So, oof. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up, man. Yeah. <sighs> um. After that, we get like uh, just a nothing sort of segment where Tony Schwani's talking to, I want to say Hugh and Marv, Merv, maybe I don't remember their names. Dave knew exactly who these 
fucking assholes were. <laughs> the impractical jokers? Yeah. Yeah, I don't care or know who these people are. <laughs> I guess uh, they've stolen Jericho's bat, Floyd, and so like the kind of the um the the main thing we're we're taking away from this is it sounds like Jericho's going to be on the premiere episode of their show to the today as we record Thursday. Um, but again, don't care. So sorry, any impractical jokers fans out there. I just I I can't be troubled. Yeah, um, it's like a really popular show somehow. I don't know. Dave I, said like so they're doing like a, they do like a um, a touring thing like they do like impractical Joker house shows apparently. Um, okay. And uh, Dave said that his girlfriend um, was going to get them tickets for it when they come to Columbus. Mm. And but then she like looked into it and like the tickets were like a hundred and sixty dollars a piece. <laughs> okay. So, so she was like, ah, I don't think it's worth that. Um, I I don't know what it entails. Uh, I'm amazed that they could like sell tickets for that much. I don't. I really don't understand it. It's like seems like it's almost. It seems like PG Jackass, which I, just doesn't really have any appeal for me. No, same. I yeah. I don't. Okay. Well, uh, that's wild <laughs> their tickets are that expensive but okay maybe we're just yeah. missing out on a huge uh huge entertainment source yeah i don't know I... It, it's not the first time they've been on aew to promote their shit though i, I know no. that like they showed no. up in the crowd the one time um so kudos to them i guess i don't know have fun jericho they're going okay, so they're playing Cleveland. So maybe it was oh no, it's Columbus. Oh, they're yeah, they're playing the Schottenstein Center. That is like literally the what? that is literally the you know the venue that the Ohio State men's basketball team plays at. That's like a that's like a seventeen thousand seat building. <laughs> I okay okay, it's not my world. I don't understand what what it is they would do at like a quote unquote house show because aren't they just. Don't they maybe just they, like go maybe out they and stand like stand up? I don't know. I don't know. Like practical joke really people. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's whatever. never talk about the impractical jokers again. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Okay. <laughs> uh, forget those guys. Um, in the ring, we've got something much more uh, fun and interesting going on. We've got AR Fox and Top Flight taking on the Elite for the AEW World Trios Championships. And man, all of these people in this ring can do some high flying cool stuff um it's quite a match very fun as you'd expect the championships do not change hands uh kenny actually pins ar fox in a crucifix roll-up after a series of kind of back and forth um you know pin teases it's the whole match though i thought was pretty fun and um i don't know it's like too many spots to write down, but Nick Jackson is amazing. I have to speak for Jenny. Nick Jackson, wow, blows my mind with what he's able to do. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like if Darby were more careful. Yeah. <laughs> like, Same for Dante Martin. He's like, like those two are just like, it's like a, a next level of uh, athleticism. Yeah, it's bananas. Um, but like AR Fox and, and, uh, Darius. Darius. Yeah. They're also very like very talented. The whole They're team no is yeah. really good. Um, 
So yeah, hell of a match. I don't I don't know that anybody was worried that the trios championships would be changing hands, but I still think it's got to be um, Elite versus House of Black for like um, what do you call it the Revolution. I yeah, I would love that. Yeah. Or they could do like the, I forget who somebody else mentioned that you know with them having the uh, the Blackpool Combat Club in trios action this week on Rampage maybe they're setting up Elite versus BCC for the trios that would be good too. Yeah, I guess it's enough that like belts are at stake that we don't really need a a big feud build up for this pay per view for that title. I mean, is it just assumed that we're we're putting titles on pay-per-view most of the time. You know, like, you like, hey, we need, we need a trios match or, hey, we need like the women's belt defense. Like, yeah, I think for, I think for the most part, I think they try to, you know, get as many of those titles at stake as possible in the pay-per-views. Like, even if we don't have a, a storyline leading up to this, it's like, we're just going to pop a, a match on there. Right. The and you belt. could do it and you could do it with um, Wheeler and Claudio this time around because the ring of honor pay-per-view is happening, you know, just one month later, mm. like less than a month later. So you wouldn't, there wouldn't be like, I don't think Tony would feel the need to have a ROH world title match or a pure title match on the, on is Wheeler the AEW. pure champion, or is Daniel Garcia the pure champion? I don't think either of them oh. are. Oh, who's the pure champion? Maybe it is Garcia. They neither of them carry around the belt anymore. So hmm. I honestly don't. <laughs> I've lost track. Because Garcia beat Yuta for it, but then. Yuta beat, Garcia, Yuta beat Garcia back at Final Battle. We didn't watch Final Battle. That's all okay. we did with us. Yeah. But he never carries the belt around. Doesn't seem like it. That's why I, you know, I'm lost track. Yeah. Oh, well. But anyway, my point is, since Supercard of Honor is WrestleMania weekend, mm-hmm. those titles are certainly going to be at stake at that show. Yeah. So you could have the Blackpool Combat Club challenge for the trios titles and not feel like... You know, you're you don't need ROH title defenses on that show, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. yeah. That revolution. Yeah. All hey, right. I'm 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 down with um either Blackpool or uh I keep thinking House of Black is ha- Blackpool, House of Black. It's like a lot of black. House of and Blackpool Combat Club. They could House like of, create yes. a Create a huge mashup stable. Oh my god. Do it. So fun. <sighs> Alright. Well that, you know, all that to say that, man, when you when you get those six people of, that are that talented in the ring, of course it's going to be fun. So, thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, there's like a super quick hook video package after that and I I don't know... It seemed kind of shoved in, but like I'm not against it. I hope it means Hook's gonna get pushed when we don't lose track of him. But it was just kind of like, boom, Hook's here. It was like I, 
because because the Stokely segment happened immediately afterwards, right? Yeah. So it's almost like, do we did we need that twenty seconds of like of hook it, to set it up? It because truly he was didn't in the next like segment. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, oh hey, do you remember Hook? Well, we're gonna give you a lot of Hook. Um, so yeah, super quick like video highlight package, and then we get um, Lexi who is uh, talking to Stokely, and she's she's very like accurately pointing out that there seems to be a lot of cracks in the firm. At the moment, what with, you know, Matt Hardy and them losing and whatnot. Um, Stokely's like, nah, nothing's wrong. The group's good. They're all at the hotel chilling together right now. You know, big family vibes. Um, Stokely says, the only problem I have is with Hook. And he, (laughs) I didn't write down the quotes, but basically he gives a reason that every member of the firm has an issue with Hook. And then Hook rolls up and stokely goes oh hey man like what's up like tries to play friendly um and hook grabs his arm and says you got to be careful with your words man or something to that effect he you know he's he's like a got the menacing sort of tone um and then he walks away and as soon as he's gone stokely grabs his arm and yells at lexi to get medical because you know he's he's been injured which seems dramatic, Stokely, but whatever. You know, like the king of the slip and fall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like, when you get a Sue hook, I mean, come on. Kid's going to kill you. So, yeah. Um, With that, we have come to the main event. It's the gun club versus will, the flame. I will say this. I will say this, though, about that last segment. Okay. Stokely Stokely did offer to get mac and cheese in Harlem with Hook, and that sounds fun. Oh, that sounds amazing. Like I bet Harlem mac and cheese is delicious. Ugh. Yeah. You know, do you have you ever had do you ever get the mac and cheese with like the pulled pork on top of it? Yeah. Ugh, it's so good. Yeah. And Hook's, you know, Hook's in presumably in Brooklyn, where his dad is from. So it's it's not it's not far. Sure, yeah. they could they could be great fr- friends if um, you know Stokely wasn't. I feel like that offer was disingenuous, meant to yeah. save his ass. But oh well. Uh, to the Gun Club and the Acclaimed. Um, who did you think was going to win this match before it happened? <laughs> I think I thought the Acclaimed were going to win, but I, I I definitely sensed that there was a chance that they could put it on the guns. Oh, I was, I was just sure that they weren't going to take it away from the acclaim this early. Spoiler, well, they do. Yeah, and the match wasn't very good either. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, I just don't think like, I don't think this is like, these these are not the two teams for like a really high level in ring feud. You know what I mean? It's like. Like they both need other teams to carry them still. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it, it, it felt like, Oh, well the acclaimed is probably supposed to carry the gun club, but we're not there yet. You know who should be like, I know they're probably busy with a lot of other things, but like the young bucks should, at least for like the title matches, I think they, the young bucks should be the people who are like producing these tag title matches. And like, helping to lay them out because they're so good at that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, is it just the like the coaches that do it? I'm assuming Billy Gunn had a hand in this because he's a coach, right? Yeah. And he's like, there's, invested. <laughs> Sean Ross Sapp, I I'm not a subscriber to um, Fightful Select anymore, but he he sometimes gets um, like breakdowns the day or day or two after dynamite of who like who produced what matches so the it, it's it's like it's not like big trade secret stuff you know it's just they just kind of split up the matches between the different coaches it's like you know it's like jerry lynn and bj whitmer and dean malenko and you mm. know okay and gun yeah okay yeah i i mean it like it wasn't a thrilling match um the ref gets knocked out at one point um, which kind of factors in, but at the same time, like there's a lot of belt things going on. Uh, the ref, Stefan Smith is the ref. Um, he, he does make like a kind of comeback. Like he, he looks groggy. Oh, but he was the superstar of the match. I thought that was, that was the, like, that was maybe the best referee bump I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was, he, he he went was great. Sailing ass over tea kettle out of the ring, basically landed on his neck. I mean, I watched that and I I was just like, oh, this guy's this guy clearly trained to be a wrestler before transitioning to refereeing because this guy knows how to bump. Yeah, he did look good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it's kind of like, oh damn, it's a ref bump. Um But he made he like came back, came to if you will, and uh, he sort of groggily did some counts after um, various people had hit other people with belts. Um, Colton Gunn at at one point hits Billy Gunn with the belt to t- take him out of the mix, and uh, and then he also ends up hitting Anthony Bowens with one of the tag belts, um, which leads to the pin. Austin gets to pin him. Um, poor Stephen Smith is. Uh, He's still out of it enough that he didn't see it happen. And also his counts are like, he's like doing his damnedest to get over there and count things with, while still staying conscious. Um, but yeah, when, when, when the pin happened, people in the crowd, some people did the undertaker, like losing the streak, sort of like hands on the head, like, no, what has happened? And it's like, I don't know that it's that serious, but it is surprising. But you I mean if you look at that crowd though, you see so how many of those people were wearing, you know, acclaimed shirts, had the scissor hand like it's clearly like the it's like the overact in the company right now. Yes. And I, I do like you, I do question the wisdom of making that move right now. Um I don't know. Do you think do you think they are just gonna like use it to get to the pay-per-view and flip the titles back on pay-per-view. So just so they you could get another big acclaimed win. Maybe because like, yeah, like I don't, I don't see how the guns are going to have like a super cool run with it. And also (laughs) the acclaimed are so popular. Why would you take it away from them? And I don't know. And then they teased too, like near, like after the match was over and the crowd was still kind of reeling from this loss. Like Billy Gunn gets up, he's conscious again, and he goes over to comfort his boys. And there is a not his boys, but you know the ones he likes better, uh, the acclaimed. And there's yeah. a moment where I'm like, is it going to get worse? Is he going to turn on them? Like, but no, they're all fine. Um, it's just 
I don't know. It felt the energy at the end of the show was kind of weird where it was like, I don't that wasn't what I wanted. And also, like, now we're just sort of lingering on on this trio of men standing in the ring. And I'm wondering, does that mean somebody's going to turn and then they don't? And it's I don't know. It's like it was. Yeah, it was like they had extra time for once. Like, the, like, I feel like Dynamite's always like rushing to get off the air. And this was like there was like I, I looked at the I looked at, you know, we were watching live and I looked at the in my watch and it was like the pinfall happened at like 958 and i was like okay well like, <laughs> i guess we're gonna waste some time <laughs> so, well i just well first i thought like oh is there like gonna be like an angle but no like we just had to like kind of just uh just sit in it saturate in the in the sadness yeah, yeah. it's not what i wanted to marinate in i've got to say <laughs> marinate thank you that's the word i was looking for well diversity adversity. yeah well, we help yeah see we help each other <laughs> So yeah, it's uh it was like a weird way to end, but I think overall this episode was very good. It's just yeah. what a way to end. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah, it was like a downer of an ending, but I thought the show was great. Yeah. 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 So anyway, yeah, that was Dynamite. Good show. Weird ending. I yeah. I, I really don't know why I want to take the titles off the acclaimed. I think you have to be right though. They have to step this back. But at, on a bigger stage at the pay-per-view, right? I hope so. Ugh. I mean, I mean, the crowd, I mean, if they, if, they, if they do that, I mean, it will be very hot for them to win the titles back. I, I can I can see that. But I just it's 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 kind of weird to do it. I don't know. I mean, they did cheat. You know, it wasn't like a clean win. They definitely cheated. Yeah. So, yeah, so that is dynamite. I guess uh, might as well just give a little rampage preview because it's going to be a I'd say a slightly bigger rampage than usual. Um, we've got the Blackpool Combat Club, Moxley, Yuta, and Castagnoli versus the Butcher, the Blade, and Kip Sabian. Um, Jack Perry in action. Ruby Soho versus Marina Shafir. And to me, the most interesting thing is um, they've promoted that we will be hearing from Mark Briscoe. Yeah. So I wonder what that's going to be like. Um, I don't know if he was live in the arena last night. Um, or if it's like going to be like a pre-taped thing, but, uh, but I'm curious to see, uh, you know, just see what he has to say. I'm, he's been, he's been through a lot over the last few weeks. Yeah. I'm assuming he's going to address like kind of where he's going as a wrestler. It sounds so weird to so. say. Maybe like address the tag team title situation or something. Yeah, because um, like you said, when it first like happened, um, a lot of people were like, "What's he gonna like? What's he gonna do now? What's he gonna know?" And I was one of those people. And then I took a step back and was like, "That's ludicrous. He's his brother just passed away. What are you thinking? Like that is obviously not the question on his mind." But now right. I guess with but, distance, it is. <laughs> yeah, right. Like like he was back in the <laughs> ring a week later, main eventing Dynamite. And now he's going to be on TV again. So I don't, I don't know. It seems like he's throwing himself back into his work. I, hey, as a coping method, I'm I can't fault him for that. Um, but obviously, he, the tag team belts have to. This sounds like there's no way to like not sound callous. Um, they have to like go to a team, right? Like he. Yeah, you probably and you probably want to get that kind of settled by the pay per view by the Ring of Honor pay per view. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I 
I don't know. I hope I'll it's it's probably going to be a positive thing obviously. Like I don't think they're going to get him on there to like be a total downer, but um yeah, it's it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say as far as like what he plans to do with his moving forward. Totally, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh so I'm looking forward to that. I will I will definitely check that out. Um and we'll talk about it next week on the show. Um one I day we'll hit you people up with a Saturday show. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, da, 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 da. I think that just leaves one thing, Megan. Uh, the Elite Beat plug of the week. Um, what do you have for us this week? Um, I feel like I never plug anything actually relevant to popular, <laughs> like, the time. I've been watching a lot of The Mindy Project. Cool. A show that aired a while ago. A million I, years ago? I don't honestly know the time frame. Um, but yes, uh, I will say that I popped it on while I was making dinner the other, like, a couple weeks ago just because, like, it's a 20-minute thing on uh, Netflix, you know? 20-minute episodes. Megan, would you uh, would you believe... If I told you that the first episode of the Mindy Project aired over 10 years ago. No, I wouldn't. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> September 25th, 2012. Okay. Okay. I thought it was a little more towards, like, the... like The middle of that decade? Yeah, like the 15, 2015s. Um, my God. Okay. Yeah, I... I started watching it again. I watched it during its original run and I watched it again because I was like, well, it's on Netflix. It's 20 minute episodes. I'm I'm making dinner. I don't need to pay too much attention. And man, the second time around, I got to say, like watching it as a person who is older than the character, I'm like, oh, yeah, it it um, there are some things about her life that I'm like, oh, I get it way more now, <laughs> like the second time around. Um, and also just from an entertainment perspective, it's Mindy Kaling. So she has a lot of friends who were obviously on the office and, uh, in the comedy world that show up, we got a lot of famous cameos too. It's, uh, it's kind of fun in that sense, but also like, she's very funny and clever, good writing. So okay, that's, that's what awesome. I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. So how far into it are you? I want to say like season three or four. Okay. So you're like into the into the switched over to Hulu era by now, probably. Probably, yes. Yeah, Garrett Dillahunt just showed up. Oh, cool! I like Garrett Dillahunt. Yeah, he's very he's funny. Um, but that's the season. Whatever season he's on, that's what I'm on. <laughs> I watched like I think I watched like the first two seasons of that show. I really I, I liked it, but you know, like a lot of things, I just kind of fell off of it and. There were just there were too many other things happening and on TV. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I um, I'm just going through the weird, I think, stage of like life where I'm like, well, I think I found the the era of things like shows and music and movies that I really like and I'm gonna stick with. And when I'm like my parents' age, I'll be like looking back on as as the good old days. And so I'm just rewatching and. <laughs> doing everything within that little window of time, I guess. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's what's happening. Hmm. Um, I know Jenny's been like tearing through Laguna beach and the Hills. Those, uh, 
MTV uh, reality sitcoms, um, which are like, those are like 18 minute episodes. Oh yeah. They're quick. Yeah. It's, it's wild considering what reality TV is today. Like also um, she did text our group to let us know that, that the total like travesty of only two seasons are on who was it Hulu or Netflix. Netflix. Only the first two seasons, and they have the music rights, which are so important to those era reality TV shows. I, d- I know that you guys are a little more forgiving of the content of those shows, but I find those shows totally, I would find those shows like completely unwatchable if not for the actual licensed music. I mean, I know they're garbage, but also <laughs> like the music is very important because it's uh, so of the era. And yeah. I think at one point, like, in the hills, Aud- the character Audrina, she works at a record company. So if they take all the music away, that's relevant. <laughs> it's so wild because that actually has like plot, not plot, but like con- like contextual importance, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, very weird. Um, and then to wrap up, uh, I would like to plug uh, George A. Romero the uh, legendary filmmaker who uh, his birthday was this past um, weekend on February 4th. And I celebrated by having a bunch of friends over to watch uh, four of his movies, night of living dead, dawn of the dead, day of the dead and the land of the dead and all on disc. Um, Night of living dead was the 4k criterion. Uh, Dawn of the dead was the 4k second sight, which I had to import from the UK. Um, Day of the Dead is a Shout Factory Blu-ray, and same for Land of the Dead. So I uh, got to really, you know, put my uh, Blu-ray player, player through its paces for the first time in a long time. Um, <laughs> man, Meg, I tell you, that the job they did, a, well, A, the job Criterion did with Night of the Living Dead is fantastic. And the job that Second Sight did, or whoever did the transfer for the um, Dawn of the Dead is unbelievable. It, like, it looks it looks incredible. <sighs> I'm so sad I couldn't be part of that. Well, you'll get to see it someday. It's it was it was just like I was I was so happy with the way it looked. I hadn't I hadn't gotten to watch that movie in years. It's like one of my all time favorite movies, you know. So, but yeah, yeah shout out to everybody who came over. It was uh, it was a really fun day, and uh, yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking maybe in March I might try to do something like that again. Like might might be might be time as the new ones getting ready to come out to do uh, to do the screams. Oh, the screams! Yeah. I am. Oh, I'm hyped. Yeah, I've only seen the first one. Yeah, if I scheduled something like that, I might have. To, I might ask you for dates that would be best for you because I would because I, I I think you'd probably want to try to make the make the trip for that. Yeah, I uh, I would have come up for the the George A. Romero Fest, uh, except. You've been in Columbus as, a lot lately. As you know, yes, there were it was your birthday and other occasions that brought me up and uh two two out of the four weekends and I was like, I think yeah. I need to maybe I think I think that was take a, a wise, break. <laughs> I think it was a wise call, but maybe maybe in March. Yeah. Yeah, that would yeah. that would be so fun. Oh yeah. scream. Yeah. But what will Jenny do? Because much like your zombie marathon, she doesn't want to watch the scary Movies. I know I'm going to try to talk her into it because there's no like there's no supernatural stuff in that, you know. I mean, in the first one, all I know is the first one is like a very human killer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it is all the way through, although I have not seen four and five. So 
they could have totally flipped the script when they revived it in like 2011 or whenever that fourth one was. So, okay. So there's three from the, the first the, like era of them making those movies. And then they like just, it went dormant okay. and then they made scream four in I, th- I think 2011. Let me see. Scream four 2011. Yep. Oh my God. But then scream five was like within the past couple of years. Right. I'm not imagining that we had a uh... scream five was last year and okay. scream six is this year. They are, they are okay. back to cranking those things out. Okay. I was like, I know something recent happened. So I mm-hmm. cannot be losing track of time that bad. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, but, uh, so I don't know. I'll, I'll noodle on that a little bit, but I think that's, I think that's what I'd like to do. Um, in March. Oh, exciting. I'm into yeah. it. Cool. Well, um, I think then that that's kind of all there is for here. Megan, unless you have any other, any other business to to talk about. No business. No business. All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Um, until next time, this has been the elite beat. E, elite beat. E, e, elite beat.